from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Leave comments. Although I don't feel like I have to prompt certain people to leave comments on YouTube, especially when the Carolina Panthers draft pick is a topic. Uh, We're just over a week away from the Carolina Panthers making the first pick in the draft. All indications seem to be that it's going to be Bryce Young. Jonathan Jones, our friend straight up in his mock draft today, said, yeah, this has been a no-brainer from the jump. It's going to be Bryce Young. When J.J. says something, Joe, I'm going to go, and and it's Panthers-related, I'm I'm just going to go with that and say, yep, it's a foregone conclusion at this point that it's Bryce Young. From the jump, though? You think that's who they had in mind from the jump? Yeah, it's funny. When they made the trade? Because remember, they gave up a lot. They did. For that pick. They did. So, to your point, I'm going to go back to all the things that Jonathan Jones has been writing about related to the Carolina Panthers. And I think JJ has been trying to tip. We're going to we're going to talk to Jonathan after the draft. Um essentially Jonathan's been trying to hint and drop hints and and say like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's going to be Bryce Young. Just look at the way they're talking, look at what they want, you know, look who they've brought on, XYZ." Bryce Young is going to be the guy. And when he put out his mock draft today, he says, yeah, this has been a no-brainer. He's been he's been calling it from, why else would you move up? Because it, it, it kind of ties back to what we talked about yesterday, right? It'll be interesting to see how many do go in the top ten. So the, the, if the, all four do. We played, we played a clip yesterday from NFL Live that was between Adam Schefter and Dan Orlovsky. They had, like a, they had this bet, right? And in the bet, Schefter is saying, look, the latest – scuttlebutt is that the Panthers are going to take their quarterback but that might not that might be it for a little bit like there's not there's not much of a market for the next quarterback Houston Texans might not use that second pick on a quarterback we'll talk to our friend Jonathan Alexander who covers the Houston Texans about that next week as well as we get closer to the draft um and that I don't believe that these teams can control themselves see okay now they don't have this ability to you know, the cookie is going to be out there in front Dude, of them, and, and, and they I, cannot resist the cookie. You and I are in the same they're, boat. They're going to get cookie jarred. I completely agree with you that somebody is going to get a little overzealous and like, we got to make the move right now. It happens every draft. Yeah. Okay. It happens every draft. By, so the, I'm with you on that. by the way, Seattle sitting there, I mean, that's the kind of team that should take Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. That's exactly who should take him. It's a, it's basically a free pick you got in a trade, mm-hmm. right? You already have your quarterback in place. You got you got a house money out of him last year. You got him on a friendly deal now again. Yep. So why not? Why? And I think we would all agree, out of those four quarterbacks, the highest ceiling and the biggest risk mm-hmm. is Anthony Richardson. Is Anthony Richardson? Yeah. So if you're gonna roll the dice, you would be in the position that the Seattle Seahawks are in. Mm-hmm. If you want to have the surest thing possible, I would think, which is what the Carolina Panthers are looking for, mm-hmm. I would think you would go with C.J. Stroud. But that's what I would think. That's what you would and, think. And and I know now I feel better about this because mm-hmm. I don't want to think like the Panthers. <laughs> I've never thought like the Panthers, and yeah. that's served me very well in my it life. Has. That's a little hater action from so, you, but that's fine. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Like, I'm that's totally okay. okay with that. Yeah, that's... I've had good years in a row. <laughs> They've never had two good years in a row. So, you know. So about the franchise quarterback conversation, and we alluded to this yesterday, and it's worth bringing up again today. 
they might feel that Bryce Young is the answer, but there's no guarantee. It's a crapshoot. The hit rate in the first round, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, is not great. Um, with all the time and effort and research that's put into these QBs, you're looking at about a 30 to 40 percent hit rate on these QBs as a guy that you want to you want to keep around. Think of all the sure things that we've been told were great quarterbacks, future franchise QBs. We're just a couple years removed from the pandemic draft where we were sold that this is the greatest yeah. quarterback class in a decade, right, in a generation. And uh, we don't really see the returns on that. In fact, one team's already decided to move on from uh, from that guy. We don't know what's going on with the future of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, of the group, Trevor Lawrence seems like he is the brightest future ahead of him. But again, uh, of all those quarterbacks taken – it hasn't necessarily panned out that way. And this is something that Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max talked about earlier today on 99.9 The Fan. You can listen to that ESPN Radio morning show every weekday here on The Fan. And Keyshawn talks about Bryce Young not being a franchise QB. I would say he's not a franchise quarterback. I don't know that he'll be able to, to last based on his frame and his body. If he was a little taller, a little thicker, I believe that he'll be a he would have been a Hall of Fame quarterback. But Nothing tells me in the data that we have that a guy at this size can excel at a franchise level at the quarterback position. Okay, cool. The size is the concern. Makes total sense. And this is something that Bryce Young understands as well. He's been on the podcast circuit. He's been doing some interviews all in the lead-up to the draft. And, look, Scott Fitterer talked about, oh, yeah, we can put weight on him. You know, he can grow. He keeps bringing up Russell Wilson. Remember, Fitterer was in Seattle. They did draft Russell Wilson, but it's also important to in note third round where they drafted Russell Wilson. Completely different players. Com- here's 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 okay. Let's get away from the frame for yeah. a second. But here, but real quick, here's okay. Bryce Young on understanding all of that as a concern. I think it's valid. Um, you know, I, I get it. I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Uh, but for me, I'm capable of. You know, I'm, I'm capable of what I'm capable of. I know who I am. And, you know, I've been playing with a lot of people that have been bigger than me my, my entire life. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been the, the smaller one on the field. And, you know, I know that's not going to uh, change to the next level. And it's something I'm super used to. Um, so, you know, I think especially, you know, in, in this in the next level, it's about how quickly you can process, how, how well you can make the right decision, how how well you can get the ball out of your hands and, and get into playmaker's hands. So uh, that's something that I, I pride myself in. I'm ready for that challenge at the next level, um, you know, so that, you know, hopefully it's I'm, I'm not looking to, to, to run a bunch of people over at the next level or anything like that, uh, but be more be more efficient with the ball. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm used to playing around people that are much bigger, so uh, it's not going to be anything new for me. That's Listen, Bryce Young. Yeah, Young's real talent is his intelligence mm-hmm. and his accuracy. Oh, he's off the charts. This is where I compare him to Drew Brees. At some point, someone on ESPN is going to start comparing him to Drew Brees, and then everyone will, and be like, oh, he's just like Drew Brees. Like, oh, okay, well, you heard it here first. Yeah. Anyway. Here, here's my concern with Bryce Young, okay? And I'm going to give you a deep cut here because some NC State fans will remember this. Remember when Ryan Harrow was coming out of high school? Yeah. And everyone was super hype for Ryan Harrow. Mm-hmm. And this, and, and if you're a little bit younger right now, you, you think everyone had a mixtape. But back in the day, not everyone had a mixtape. And Ryan Harrow's was off the charts. Ryan Harrow was the king of the mixtape, mm-hmm. okay? Then he gets to NC State, and I'm looking at him, and I'm going, the, and he's small. Oh, he's tiny. He was he was. Frail, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at him, and I'm going, "This is the kid, but this is the one." Mm-hmm. But the mixtape, Ryan Harrow's mixtape, ruined everyone's mixtape for me. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two. Lately, I've been seeing these Bryce Young clips. It's, it's Dan Orlovsky. He's, he's had him on ESPN. He's got him on his Twitter feed. And do you know what the number one thing I notice? 
that Bryce Young absolutely cannot control, but absolutely, in my mind, gives me pause, Mm -hmm. particularly if I'm running the Carolina Panthers and let's just say not the New England Patriots or not the the San Francisco 49ers. Mm -hmm. The dude has been playing with an NFL offensive line. Yes. And he stands back there for like hours at a time. In my rudimentary understanding of the NFL, because, of course, I don't know anything about football, do you really think he's going to have time to read a book No, behind the Panthers' no, offensive not. line? And that's... Do, you, do you also think maybe from two years ago when he was slinging it around to, like, five guys who were also going to be in the NFL? Yeah. Like, I love what the Panthers did. I think they improved their offensive line last year. I think they improved their skill players this year. They might not be done, but, too. They could pick something they, up in the they draft. They could still do I mean, more. Yeah. Absolutely. But this is not a Tua Tunga Bailoa situation where you're going, all right, man, we've done everything around you. Mm-hmm. We've given you two absolute home run hitters at receiver, and all you got to do is get the ball out and get it to him. Yeah. I don't think that's where they are yet. And I, I think that's the situation that Young is going to need to excel in. But to my point about the red flag in college, I thought it was – it. he made it look, and it can be really easy at times at Alabama. Mm-hmm. I want to see it when it's not a sunny day. I want to see it when you're not on schedule. I want to see it Urban Meyer style when you don't have that built-in talent advantage. What do you do when the talent is the same? What do you do when maybe the other team's more talented than you are and you don't have the best coach on your side? Yeah. And I think that's the and that's not a knock on Frank Reich. I just that's the situation I think he's walking into and I'm not willing at his size and then you combine that, I'm not willing to, to take that chance. That's where I would lead back to C.J. Stroud. The Panthers feel confident that all of those cognitive things, that's why you keep hearing about yeah, the yeah. S2. Uh, Off the charts. They, they feel like all those things, intelligent. Those, things will be a, those things will overcome any of those physical issues he might have had. Or he realizes, yeah, I had all day in the pocket in Alabama. I don't necessarily have sure. that here. And we've seen, it's all part of the mixtape, we've seen his ability to get around and oh. create. Again, this gets back to the Russell Wilson comparison. Well, that was his whole, I think he's that creating in whole, the pocket. I think he's creating in the pocket. Now, look, Russell Which Wilson. Which is fine. That's a, that's a talent. You know who does that too? Tom Brady. Yes. Russell like perfected the art of running around with your hair on fire and yes. making something happen. It was pure chaos. He made it work for A two-yard Hail Mary in college. Yes. It's, it's unbelievable. So I, all these things make it very very clear who they're going to take next week and i'm i'm coming around on all right fine this is who you believe in you feel like you're putting pieces around him to make it work you've got a very good coaching staff this is probably the best coaching staff the panthers have had like ever in terms of all the parts right along with the head coach okay let's see if their bet pays off because that's what it is it's a bet because any of these other quarterbacks that they could take Another bet, too. There's no sure thing. They're banking on that yep. intelligence. They're think, they're banking on that accuracy. They're banking on the cognitive aspect of it, the Drew Brees, if you will, to make it work. And it might. So we'll see. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Or just go to like youtube.com slash 999FM the fan. It's probably another easy way to do it. Regardless, you'll find our stuff there. Hit that subscribe button. Leave the comments. We appreciate that. I'm sure Jillio 
is going to get the comment section fired up uh, when it comes to his Bryce Young takes. Just like I got Gilio fired up with my Carolina Hurricanes goalie takes. So we got Game 84 tonight, PNC Arena. Catch a special hour-long storm watch with Adam Gold. Walking up to the game, we got the aftermath immediately following. Hear from the coach, hear from players, get Adam's insight. And, of course, the Canes Corner podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company. That'll be available in your favorite podcast platform when you wake up in the morning because gold does not sleep. So they're going to go Auntie Ranta tonight. That makes sense, right? I mean, right? I, I, I mean, that makes total sense. He's been fantastic <laughs> at home. He was great. He was the first star of the game on Monday. So, of course, he starts tonight, right? I Can I just put my – no, can't do that, right? Okay. No, you can't do that. Okay. So the question, Joe – Yes, Joe, they, that makes perfect sense for them to go with to, the to goalie who won game one. makes total one. sense. Yeah. Logical. Yes. Logical. Logical. Yes. I would expect him to do that in a regular season, too. The question is, after tonight, if they win, if they go up 2-0, what happens I feel like you're just, Friday? I feel like you're testing me. This is a test. It's you're not trying a test. to see if, I can, if my brain will absolutely just fall out of my ears mm-hmm. onto the table. That's what you're trying to do. I'm not going to let you get the best of me on this one. Here's the thing. If they win yes. game two, yes. and Antti Ranta plays the same way that he did in game one, pretty, pretty and he's healthy, yeah. he will be starting in game three. But should he? Yes, absolutely. Why, because of superstition? No, because it's the playoffs. Playoffs? And there's time Don't in between games. Like, no, but that's the thing. Don't treat it like the playoffs. Treat it no, no, no. like In the regular season, you thing. save players for the playoffs well, i do f- then once you're in the playoffs you do what is best for the team and i don't know why you mike Maniscalco, mm-hmm. maybe some others are assuming we're going to get the best case out of freddie anderson i don't understand that did you see what happened to the leafs last night in the playoffs oh my goodness this is what the leafs De- do once you get the night. leafs stink on you you can't get it off of it's you gone. yes okay yes so this idea that all of a sudden Freddie's going to play in Game Three and then look like the guy from his first year with the Canes mm-hmm. in the regular season, I think it's misguided. Well, if you feel like you're, I think wor- it's misguided. Oh, okay, then if you're worried about Freddie Anderson, if you're worried, like, I want to believe in the better angels of all people. But based on what happened in the last game of the really season, hard. and it was a really wild third it period, wasn't just the last game though. Well, then <laughs> what? Then why don't you just go to Kochekov then? If you don't believe you in mean- Freddie Anderson. I, why do we? Ha- why do you have to change the goalie? That that's the part I'm I'm confused because by. Auntie Ranta, why can't the guy just play? What you're gonna play him until he finally gets hurt? But gonna, again, it's not an eighty-two. Until the wheels fall off, it's not an eighty-two game like, schedule. Right, next man up. It's not an eighty-two. It's load management in the playoffs. It's psychology in the playoffs. You I want to see keep Freddie engaged. I do want to see what happens when Rod Brendamore doesn't have the last change in Game Three. Yeah, but I, I don't think that this series is dramatically going to change. Uh, the Canes are the better team. No, I'm with you on that. I, I think they're going to win four games. I, I would be at this point. I would be surprised if it does take six. But I want to give the Islanders credit for the way that they actually played in Game One. I did. I did think Ilya Sorokin was the best goalie on the ice, mm-hmm. <laughs> unlike some here's, of our colleagues. But here's here's I, the thing. I did like the way that they controlled the puck for stretches of the game as well. The Canes did the thing that was my favorite thing from the 06 playoffs. When they beat the Buffalo Sabres in an awesome back and forth knockdown dragout series, okay, mm-hmm. and I to this day remember there was no Twitter, 
but there were Buffalo fans who used to email me at the paper and say, the only reason the Canes are winning this series is because they're better on the power play. If you just went by five on five, Buffalo is the better team. And I'm like, cool, cool, but that. It's not how it works. What, what Jeff Bizdelic <laughs> logic is exactly. that? You know, if you take so, you away know. that 30-point run in the basketball game, we'd be right You take in. away those power play goals, and the Islanders outplayed the Canes 5-on-5. Yeah, well, well, you know, yes, they did. Now, look. Cool. There's a way to credit, Good for you. There's a way to credit the Islanders in how they played in game one and how they adjusted on the yeah. power play because the Canes got their first two power play chances, and then they were over in their other power play chances. And I think that ultimately is we're getting sidetracked by the goalie conversation. And I'm being sincere when I say they should go Freddie Anderson on Friday. I, I know you are. And I know Mike Maniscalco feels the same way. And we'll, I, talk, that's to, the and we'll part talk to Mike Where my brain is still try, just trying to process the it. The real issue for me is you can't take away the power play goals. No. You can't take them away. <laughs> you got to have them. And yes. that, was the, that was the true key to Monday night's victory. Ronta played. Brent Burns. Fine, he played great, but they scored on the. Was good. Let's, they let's... played the power. They they scored goals on the power play. Yes, that's kind of the other like, team did not. Like this is a no. <laughs> this is like a no crap to magazine exclusive, and that would be my concern for the rest of the series because we know what the Canes are on the power play. They're eh, on the power. I think, I think the, the Islanders. Play. Dennis has the numbers, but I'm pretty sure the Islanders like are the only team in the playoffs with a worse power play. They, I think they're like three or four worse, but it, yeah, yes. When people but talk, Islanders have the worst of all the playoffs. Yeah. When when people talk about when people talk about the Islanders and the Canes and how the the Islanders are essentially a poor man's version, like a like a Wish.com version of the Canes, I I, I can see what they're saying, and because I know top to bottom, line for line, the Canes are better. Yeah. Even if the, the Islanders, the have Islanders a good are top really line. top heavy, in my yes. opinion, just no, from watching them in person for one game. So when the one uh, when the Barzell and, and Horvat line and Anders Lee are on the ice, I'm like, oh, these guys are very dangerous. I don't want to over. This is me like saying we can t- we can overthink these things, and it's really simple for the Carolina Hurricanes the rest of the way. If you get power play power play production like you did on Monday night, then I'm going to like their chances. But my worry is we know what the power play has sure. been and will likely continue to be for the Hurricanes. And those five on five high danger chances, you're gonna have to bury them. Okay. You're going to have to bury them because we know what you are so on the power play. Yesterday, I got on you for your vibes, and now today, you drop a high danger on me, and I cringed. Why? That was what that. do you want? <laughs> that's exactly. What do you want from that's, me? That's what I'm saying. Like Yesterday, I'm giving you a hard time for doing one thing, and yeah. now I'm sitting here going, oh, no. Oh, no. So what do you want from what me? What is it? What is the Bart Torvik of hockey? What it's is the... a natural stat, stat trick. trick. Yeah, okay. yeah that's, that's where you can get all your, your high danger opportunities. and very. I think there's what? Money puck? That's another one. Corsi ratings, baby. Nah, Corsi. Corsi. Nah, Corsi's Give me like, the Corsi. Corsi's like the RPI of hockey. That's man. true. Corsi's been around for a long time. No, but doesn't time. everybody get a Corsi rating? All the players? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. they do. They do. But like Corsi is like kind of like an overrated stat after a while. Corsi feels Shout like out to the pro football focus. Yes. Offensive lineman grading. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That's exactly it. That's I had 78 pancakes on Shout- the second drive against the Citadel. Shout out to Fenwick. The highest too. rated player in the history of football. Not Fenwick Island up in Delaware. But not in- <laughs> not uh, our guy Harshing. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, fashing. 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 Hudson Fashing. Hudson Fashing. Which I believe is the a, Hudson it, Fashing uh, I, department store. I believe that is a real estate development that has been gentrifying New York. I think so. it's in Manhasset, right off Queens. <laughs> Probably. I think that's the case. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.